This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the program. Cam Poitras, Jim Toth. Jim, how you doing? Find myself well. How are you? Find yourself well. I find myself when did you to find, be well. When did you find yourself? Well, what, I checked, what time this morning? I checked self, and I found out that I was well. Okay. Well, you're getting good news from self. You could self. get bad stuff. You could, maybe you could find yourself in a bad self spot. Self is a tortured individual oh. that could quite often not be well. But today, he searched, looked, found it well. Misery is wasted on the miserable. <laughs> no, I'm good today. How are you? That's great. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm feeling good. You These look good, well. I'll tell you that. Wow. Ten I mean, bucks tax-free. That's, that's just the way that the world works. Speaking of good the looking. The sun comes up in the morning. Yeah. Speaking Camp Poitras is looking good. Speaking of put together and good looking, <laughs> we got a guest. Oh, absolutely. Sorry, she, I wasn't referring to you. I apologize. Oh, you were talking oh, about Sean. I saw Sean, the glint in your eye. I didn't disappoint uh, you, did I? You were talking about Sean Reynolds, sports You're host cute. and reporter joining the program. Well, thanks, Jim. I appreciate that. Sean, how you doing? Hey, with you guys radiating the positivity that you're radiating, I'm doing phenomenal, gentlemen. Excellent. So are you going to be a contarian to us, uh, Sean Reynolds? We haven't checked social media, so we're in a great mood today about the Jets. Uh, (laughs) 2-1 loss to the Predators, uh, 2-3 on the road trip. What are your thoughts? Is this a step back, Sean Reynolds? Are the Winnipeg Jets taking a step back? Um, I mean, compared to what we've seen from them, it's a little bit of a step back. But, uh, I mean, I think what you're seeing around the league quite a bit now with pretty much everyone except maybe the Boston Bruins, you know, it's getting it to be that winter grind. And I've always thought when you get into that winter grind, it's, it's advantage to the lower-level teams, right? Because we're seeing right now Vegas is struggling right now. Dallas isn't doing that well. The Jets are having a little bit of their own issues. And I think what happens is you get into those winter doldrums and you go into a game and you don't quite have your best. And if you're playing a lower-level team, those lower-level teams have been used to losing. And then all of a sudden they find themselves in a game with some of these upper echelon teams. And it's easy to get excited, right? It's like, wow, we're hanging with these guys. We could beat these guys. So I think there's a lot more motivation at this time of year for those lower level teams when they get into games with the higher level teams. And I, I, I don't want to let the Jets entirely off the hook because I'll say this, you know, these, you talked about the last five games, they've gone two and three. The previous five games before that, Rick Bonus was talking about not liking where his team was at and that they weren't really hitting the blueprint, which means it's actually been a really, really long time now since the Jets have hit their blueprint. And I would suggest that, you know, when they went on that bit of a winning streak there, when they'd won eight of nine games, there was a lot of games there that, you know, they did, but the Jets have done so well for a long time, you know, kind of sneak away with some games that they maybe shouldn't have come away with. So that, that win streak kind of hides a little bit of the issues that they've been having. I think those issues that they've been having are on full display. I think it's important in these next three games here to try and get back on track before they go into the break because uh, I think getting, getting uh, racking up some points heading to the trade deadline through the month of February, I think it's going to be important. Yeah, pretty easy to sum it up that way. I like that too and what they did. They did go two and three on this road trip though and um, I thought they played well in four of the five games. How do you sort of summarize the two and three record coming home? Well, I don't know. I I think every time you're playing lower level teams and you lose a game, um, there's a tendency to not give that other team credit. But you took a look at the Montreal Canadiens. 
They're up and down. A couple of games ago, they got blown out. But last night, they took the Boston Bruins to the wall. Didn't win that game, but they were in that game. I, I, I give them credit for that game against uh, the Jets. I thought that they played well. Um, I thought that Toronto played well. I think you're starting to see a little bit of a, a leveling here. Uh, the Jets, we know, can be like an absolutely dominant team and just kind of steamroll teams. But we're not seeing that as much. And I think it's a little bit of them playing down. But I think it's a little bit of the rest of the league kind of figuring out who they are and what works for them. I think the Jets got to that really early this season. And credit to Rick Bonus and his coaching staff for taking a Jets team that was, you know, in a little bit of trouble last year and figuring out a way to kind of hit the ground running coming out of camp. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I take a look at this, and I agree 100% with Rick Bonus. I don't think the Jets are playing the way – that their coaches want them to and haven't for a while. The one thing, and this has been a topic of conversation I've had with you guys in the past, is the Jets, you know, just because they're so loaded with skill and they've got great goaltending, there's so many ways for them to win games when they're not playing the right way. I think the incentive to play the right way can be a little weak at times. And I think that's what we're seeing from the Jets right now, that the motivation to to get to the grind that it will require to play the Rick bonus blueprint is not there. And, and because you can have Pierre-Luc Dubois and Connor, uh, Kyle Connor go off in a game or Connor Hellebuck steal you a game, you know, the emergency bells aren't ringing, but at some point this team has got to figure out and their coach is telling them nonstop. There's a certain way to play if they're going to have success where they want to have it, which is in the postseason. And what they've been doing lately will not get them that. How do they get there then, Sean? How do we get How do we get to that point? Well, they, they were there, right? Like, they, they were there. Yeah, get really back when... to it, I guess. Maybe this is a better way to frame it, because they were, certainly. And then it seemed it seemed like as soon as sort of the big horses and the reinforcements came back, there was sort of exactly what you're talking about, sort of that step back and says, listen, there's a million ways we can win this game. Um, maybe we don't need to grind as hard. Maybe we don't need to you know, follow the system exactly to a T. It was what, that was how they were winning games when they were so depleted. Well, and you, you absolutely nail it because when they were depleted, you had young guys who were coming into the roster and just happy to be playing in the NHL. So when your coach goes out and says, listen, you don't have to be the best player in the league to play this system. You just have to work hard at it. Well, then those players are working hard at it, right? That's what they're doing. They're busting. And that's why they had so much success at that time. It's because you had a group that was entirely and fully engaged, and they were just focused entirely on playing the system. I think what happens now is you get Blake Wheeler coming back and Cole Perfetti and Nick Ehlers and, and those guys, what they're focused on is like getting their legs up to speed and finding those passes. And, you know, and you really can't complain about it. I mean, who's going to complain about what Nick Ehlers has done since he's got back, right? But the one thing about that is you can have success and you can put up points and you can play a little bit more of an individual game. Um, and we've seen where the Jets uh, skill set and an individual style of game can take a team to it. it. It doesn't get them to great places. We've seen year after year, the year previous to this and before that, and before that, there's a lot of years you'll see like five or six Jets will have, their best years ever individually, but it hadn't been, you know, the team game had been going down and down and down since 2018. So individual success we know doesn't translate to team success. And as good as Kyle Connor has been lately, as good as Connor Hellbuck has been lately, as amazing as Nick Ehlers has been to start his season, um, it isn't translating to team success. And so the, the, the two 
can go hand in hand, but sometimes they they separate. And and right now it looks like the Winnipeg Jets are having individual success in a lot of cases, but they're just not getting there as a team. I I like that actually. I mm-hmm. like that Pittsburgh game, the Ottawa game. You, you need to get. Um, you don't have to be exactly like those two games, but you have to get more consistent at those. You you have to get rid of the seven fours and the the seven five. You got to get back yeah. to the four ones, the five twos. Those are the games I think they want to get consistent with. So I agree with that assessment, Sean. Good point by you. Um, look, I, I don't remember a time, and and we're doing it here because they they are look like they are going to hit the playoffs with a lot of hockey left. They don't want to jinx them or anything, but I don't remember a time where we're talking about the deadline so much with this team as well. So you bring up the valid points of getting consistent. What do you think they need and what do you think they do or try to do? I should say. Okay. Well, I, I think that this is, uh, I don't think Chevy's in Stan Pat at this trade deadline. I think that this will be the biggest trade deadline of Kevin Shevel day career. I agree uh, to this date yep, I'm with you on that. Date, and maybe, and maybe ever. And, and I think uh, what we're seeing here with, you know, the, the contract situation with Pierre-Luc Dubois and obviously the rest of the window, uh, I think that you're going to see Kevin Shoveldey off throw everything he has at this because this is a team he's believed in for a long time. I think, you know, seeing what happened the last number of years, it's starting to look fairly clear that a coaching change probably would have helped this team in years past. Um, this team's had a window since 2018 and they've kind of wasted that window, not being able to figure out that, you know, a new coach would be beneficial for this team. And so they have to make this work now, right? This is the win. This is the core. This is the window that Kevin Shevelday put all his work into. This is his grand open. So he's got to make it happen this time. I don't think he can leave any stone unturned. And so I think, they need to take a big swing up front. They've got the money to do so. They've got the assets to do so. I think you're looking, trying to bring in like a Jonathan Taze type or a, uh, a Bo Horvat type up front. Um, and I think they got, they have to get some depth on the back end and maybe even take a big swing if it was possible and try and get, uh, you know, a top four guy on the back end as well. Cause I just, the one thing that we know here, we know that this Jets team is a really good team. You can see when they get rolling, how dominant they are. But we also know that Boston is doing what they're doing. They don't have a lot of holes. They're going to be active. A team like Carolina is, is active. And the other part of this is the, the Colorado Avalanche are coming, right? This is a team that has lost at one point five of their top six players up front were out of the lineup. Five of their six defensemen missed significant amounts of time. Their record right now, they're eight points behind the Jets with three games in hand, and their record is not even close to being indicative of what this team is capable of. Their depth is scary, and the Jets have to get scary depth if they want to truly take that swing, and I think Kevin Shoveldayoff truly does want to do that. And you might even see Gabriel Landeskog uh, show up sometime at the end of the season, maybe be good for the playoffs. Who knows what's going to happen there? And that's just going to be another boost to the Colorado Avalanche. Jim and I will talk about that as the show goes on. Sean Reynolds, Sportsnet host and reporter, uh, joining us. Sean, thanks so much. Really appreciate your time, man. Uh, Take care. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. All the best, man. That was good stuff. I I, I agree. Like, that's sort of the kind of – that's why when they – like they they beat Buffalo, they lost to Detroit, they came home, Arizona. Then like Rick Bonus, you can tell like the game against Buffalo, they won, but he was not pleased. He yeah. was more upset about that than the 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 one in Detroit. 
Um, I, they do have to get more consistent. Like that's kind of what yeah. we talked about last week. Like just some of the ba- behind the back passes, crossing passes, turnovers. They got to get dialed in again, and and that's what John Shannon was referencing too. Is the dog days of the season is. You can have a week or two, yeah. but you don't want this to creep into February. You got to dial it in and get back to to playing some tight two hundred foot hockey. Maybe what this team needs is, and we're going to head into break here. But maybe what this team needs is a, two days of practice coming out of the All Star break, coming into sort of the the final thirty or so games left in the season. Um, I think the Jets will have twenty nine after the All Star break, if I'm not mistaken. But maybe that's what they need: a couple practices, get back in it, get the big coaches. Available. Coaches back barking at him and yeah. stuff like that, and well, they need some rest too. Like I, I, I know people don't use it as an excuse, and we'll break right away here. Yeah. But it, it is. Uh, they were they were on a road trip. They came home for one game and road again. And they, th- when the players themselves mention it, because players hate excuses. But in the post game last night, they were talking. Yeah, it'll be good to get home. It's like eight games, eight of nine games on the road with a stop at home. Like it's almost like they didn't want to come home for that one. They'd rather yeah. just stay on the. Uh, it's that's a good point too. And I mean, at the end of it, uh, Pierre Luc Dubois was asked, Are "You happy to go home?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, I'm so excited to get yeah. back home because I love Winnipeg and I'm going to stay forever." Yeah, I'm oh, he didn't add that. He just said, "I love Winnipeg. I want to get home." That's what he said. Yeah, Sorry. that's what he said. Yeah, don't misquote me. <laughs> I'm signing a ten year deal for. When Three million dollars. What a nice deal sleep, for Luke And then I'm going to ask Chevy 10. for a 12-year deal, even though I can't even do that. 12-23, Buffalo coming up tomorrow. Uh, Three-game homestand, getting set up for the Winnipeg Jets. We'll get into the game last night. Texas show, 204-780-6868. 204-780-6868. More Jets at noon after this. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Hello, Sarah. Sarah McCarthy, the one-minute power play with Sarah McCarthy. We got to get a, a bumper. We got a boom power play with Sarah McCarthy. What <laughs> advice do you have to our wide-ranging oh. listening audience today, Sarah McCarthy? It's your time. Just it's your minute. Use your minute for whatever you like. <laughs> oh my gosh! You didn't know it was happening, Just. but it's here. You have to fill a minute every day now. This Go. Is, no. Yeah, I'm uh, counting on you. Have a great day. I don't make it a good day, everyone. You know what? I think superficially this is like an Anaheim power on the surface, play. have a great awful. have a great day. Sounds like a very simple request, but have there's a actually a lot day. deeper meaning yeah. to that. Yeah. Have the best day you can. How about that? That's a great way of saying it. I was one time, it was in uh, Vancouver, I was on Granville Street, and it was we were sitting in Johnny Irish uh, Johnny's Irish Johnny Fox's Irish snug. It's on Granville Street. There was this guy. I'm His aware name, of it. You're aware of it? You've been there yeah. before? There's a guy named Willie was sitting there, and I think he spent a lot of time There's there. There's always he, a guy named Willie sitting at that pub. And he looked at me, and he gave me some of the best advice I've ever had. He said, take what you can for today mm-hmm. and save the rest for tomorrow. I've heard that one. I should have said that. And yeah. that's why Willie got up at 10 a.m. and went right there and <laughs> sat at the wood for 12 straight hours. Because he's taking what he can for today yes. and, and making it. the most of life. <laughs> Save the rest Waiting for a young Cam Poitras or any other stranger yeah. to sit down on the stump beside him and go, seize the day and I'll have another. <laughs> Take my wisdom, child. Sounds I'll good. get you through the world. Thank you very much, Sarah Did McCarthy. you go, did you know there's a beach just over there? Like an ocean? You could go. Willie, Willie spent com- time. Willie's comfortable at the wood, I bet. Willie spent time there. He looked like a guy that, he looked like the, the wallpaper. So Sarah wants the world to say, don't be a Willie. Make the best of today. Make the best of today. And we'll see what tomorrow brings. You know what we need? We need like somebody to, to like really get in depth. Sarah, may the road topic. rise to meet you and the wind be at your back. And if it's too hot in the kitchen. Get out of the fire. Make sure the fire is stoked. Yeah. My my minute is up. Oh, <laughs> okay. on the clock. Yeah. Wow. 
We're going to have to pay that's more. Why she, that's why fun. she's the best. And that's the Sarah McCarthy power play of the day. Perfect. Awesome. Thanks so much, Sarah. Appreciate it. Between uh, this and the pizza business, how I mean, can we fail? We can't fail. It's impossible. Um, Winnipeg Jets falling to the Predators last night. Uh, 2-1. You know, and, you know, wait players... Minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, go In ahead. the old radio days, we would have a producer currently calling that pub to see if there's a Willie there right now, and we'd have him on by the end of the show. Wow. I'm looking, I'm looking at you, Jeffrey Forche. Yeah. Oh, we're training in there. This oh, is, they're training. Oh, Samantha's training Forche, right now. Sorry, sorry, we didn't know you were training. Nothing like that ever uh, happened. Just a little busy, boys. Just a yeah, little busy. Sorry, okay. we didn't. We don't want to. You, the are strict rules here at CGOB. Do not call pubs. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that memo came out. That was awful. I didn't know. Don't we were call. Training. Just go to the pubs. I didn't know we were training, Forche. Sorry. That's right, All right, let's carry on with the show. Um, two one loss last night to the Nashville Predators. Listen, I didn't. I didn't think that the Winnipeg Jets had an overly bad game. I thought they played pretty dang well, uh, given the schedule over the last little bit. They haven't played a game in a consecutive city since they played Vancouver back on 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 January eighth here in Winnipeg. I, th- I think that's an important point. And over that period of time, they've kind of treaded water. Five for four. Um, you have the Predators also beating the LA Kings on Saturday. They were waiting for them at home for two days. Two days off between games. Um, I, I think that this kind of stuff all plays a factor I- into that game. But the second period, they got outshot 19 to 5. They got into some trouble there. They got it taken to them in the they second period. They got it taken to them in the second period. And Connor Hellebuck was was outstanding. Phenomenal. UC Soros was outstanding. Um, and the Jets just got up on the wrong end of it. Um, I don't want to throw the fourth line under the bus a little bit here. Um, but they were on the ice for both of those goals. I thought Stenland couldn't tie his guy up in front of the net there. Uh, Winnipeg boy, uh, Cody Glass, they were able to tip that puck in there. Uh, the fourth line forced to stay out there because of the icing before, and and then you see Predators trot out their their number one line there. But, the, you know, turnover by Medellin in on the boards, definitely 100%. Connor Hellebuck a little too far aggressive, perhaps too far out of his out of his crease there. But Stanlin, again, I felt like he had to wrap, he had to tie up that guy that was wrapping around the net there. But incredibly, Connor Hellebuck also made the save there. And so um, certainly uh, the fourth line on the goal, on, on, on the ice for, for both those goals, which has been very, very rare if it's happened at all so far this season. But I also look to UC Soros making some big stops and, and the top line, the guys that are paid to put the puck in the net, um, missing out on some opportunities, Jim. Yeah, like I, it wasn't a Picasso, and it it, yeah. um, it didn't have to be. I I didn't expect that. Like we went into it, I thought this is they're gonna Nashville's gonna come at you hard, and it's gonna be physical. This is gonna be a tough physical battle more so than any of the other four games on this road mm. trip, and that's exactly what it was. I give um, Nashville a lot of credit. I, I don't. I'm not disappointed with the effort. Uh, they got it handed to him in the second period. You know, you know how I, I feel about losses, Jim. Sometimes yeah. I get sick to my stomach. I slept like a baby last night. Yeah, I just um, two one. Like it's not, if Nashville took it to him four one, I'd be like, well, this is yeah. like the Montreal game. I'm of this month. I'm the most disappointed in is the Montreal game. Yeah, but I also understand those games are going to happen. Mm. If that happens six times in a season, I'll be shocked this year. Yeah. So I, I'm not too disappointed with the loss last night. I'm not too disappointed with the road trip. Um, the schedule, like. I, I never understand. There's three things, that, two things that bother me in hockey, and you know what they are. It's when you lose three players out of your top six and people go, injuries don't matter. Yeah. They do matter. Otherwise, there'd be three Nick Ehlers in your bottom six, and when he goes down, no problem, doesn't matter. Whoop. Ask Colorado if injuries don't matter. 
The other thing I don't like is the, the schedule. There's no excuses. Every team has that schedule. They were in Detroit. They were here on a Sunday. They left Monday. Detroit, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, back home, out on the road to Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, Philly, Nashville. I'm not saying that's why they lost last night. I'm just saying I can understand why they're fatigued. Yeah. I go home at Christmas, and if my flight's too early, I'm fatigued. Mm-hmm. And it's a two-hour flight and a two-hour drive. You travel, you get fatigued. I get it. They're elite athletes, all this. I'm yeah. just saying it's going to catch up to you when you play that many games and that many days, and this month is packed in. Every team does it, fair enough. Not every team does it on the schedule. So I'm just saying it's a minor factor that I'm not disappointed in the 2-1 loss. I yeah. think if they didn't show up and it was 5-1, I'd be going, there are no excuses, fatigue, all that. You sure still should have played better last night. Yeah, The fact that they had a really good first period, um, an awful second period, and then an average third period, I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, the th- and the final two minutes, they really pushed. I mean, you have them going all out to stop pucks from going into the empty net with Connor Hellebach on the bench and the, and the net empty. I mean, you have at least Nick Ehlers and, and Mark Shifley hitting the post there. So it, it, it's not like that these guys um, weren't weren't giving it their all out there and weren't working and weren't playing hard. That's a great example. If that puck goes in from Shifley and they go to overtime and get at least a point, I, I don't say they were lucky. I'm like, they yeah. earned that point. 100% they Like did. if that goes in instead of the crossbar. But it didn't, so. Yeah. The, the Jets 14-11-1 on the road, Jim. Is that concerning? Um, No, I don't know. We can. Uh, I think you'd like to be a little better than that. Yeah, yeah, I think you'd like to have three more wins, but three more wins, I'm not going to concern myself over with yeah. with your overall yeah, record. Seventeen so, and six at home, like that's seventeen and six awesome. at home is impressive. Yeah. Um, the other th- the other thing is uh, the starts they've had in the first period. Um, do they need anything? Like, I just they were phenomenal in that first period in Toronto mm-hmm. yeah. and couldn't get a goal. They were phenomenal in the first period last night. They were outstanding in Philadelphia in the that first pass period. By this is Cole a team Perfetti. we used to say, are you going to start on time? Yeah. Are you going to show up on time? And we haven't talked about this because that's the storylines we used to follow is they used to get it handed to them the first 10 minutes on home ice and stuff. They've had phenomenal starts. They were Even drink- against Arizona, they held Arizona to four shots on net for 31 yeah. minutes of that game. And then like these starts that we've been waiting for have been happening. Mm-hmm. And they're just not getting that rewarded for it other than in Philly when they scored three. Yeah, we're getting a lot of text messages from everybody about, uh, you know, and I know the, the the trade deadline is getting real, real close. And it's getting to be the the real topic of conversation and stuff like that. And to kind of, we're going to be having uh, TSN insider Darren Dreger on the program at, at 12.10 on Friday. I just confirmed that with him today. Um, so we're going to be getting into all this sort of thing in a broader conversation about this uh, on Friday. Because I know that this is this this is what everyone's looking forward to and who the Winnipeg Jets can can pick up and and and, and bring on. And, and this is going to be a, a big conversation. And Jim, we've talked about this before. How they do it with 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 some serious, um, I don't know if you'd call them concerns. I'm not sure what the actual term is, but there's there's going to be some real serious decisions with this organization um, heading into this offseason, particularly down the middle with with PLD and and, and Mark Shifley and that. Yeah, Th- this trade deadline might have 
a lot to do with the future of this franchise and decisions made prior to that, as well as getting this team over the edge and really, really, and I think they're a contender right now. I think they're a contender right now, but really putting them into that upper echelon. Yeah, so here's the thing I think they need to do, and it's because it's Winnipeg and you can't yeah. sign free agents and all that. You need to be all over this, Bull Horvat, Timo Meyer, 100%. Um, even Ryan O'Reilly, Tarasenko, if we're being told they're available. So, and I know a lot of people have references the past two days. We haven't talked about it. Uh, Nick Kiprios was on Tim and Friends on mm-hmm. Sportsnet and said that he's smoke or fire. Smoke means it's just rumors and not much to it. Fire means it's happening. He said PLD staying in Winnipeg is an inferno of fire. That's yeah. He is leaving. Yeah, it's not happening. Um, so, and I think a lot of people think if he'd won a cup, that might change his mind. I don't think if they win a cup, I think it just is in his mind more. Okay, I got a ring. Now I'm going to go play where I want to play. Yeah. So it sounds like, according to Kipper, so and the thing he compared it to was Barry Trotz in Washington the year they won mm-hmm. the cup, and he said, "Look, I'm telling you right now, even if they win a cup, he is gone." Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. So that's what he's saying with PLD. So the way I think you have to do it is not just like the Patrick Canes of the world, I think would be an interest to come into this top six and then go into free agency as a rental. I don't think they can just explore the rental. I think what the Jets need to do is to go after the Horvats, the Myers of the world. Do what you do this year. Hopefully win a cup, but whatever. Yeah. Go into the summer and go, who wants nine, $9.5 million a year? Is it you, Dubois? No. Thank you. Is it you, Mark Shifley? No, you want more or mm-hmm. you want this or that. We can't do that. Then you go Horvat or Meyer, whoever you brought in. Do you want to stay here? Because this team has had success with getting people to re-sign. Um, yeah. But this is all part of the work you have to do. And I think that that's what They've you, had, you have yeah. to start building for a year and a half from now right now at this trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, you got to there's there's certain realities that need to that need to be taken care of here. And I think it's as we head into the offseason, the offseason those conversations are going to have to happen where it's like, all right, here's here's the deal on the table. This is the offer. Are you interested in staying here long term or are you going to test UFA? And if the answer is, listen, we're going to UFA status, which is what the reports have been um, in regards to, to PLD. And I, I think Shifley for sure is going to be testing UFA status. I don't think he's against staying in Winnipeg, but um, it, it, this is about the future and it's about moving forward here. Because um, if, if things are done properly and we've we've heard so much about this window in the last three years, and this certainly might be this sort of looking at this roster and going on to cap friendly and looking how things are shaking up with UFAs and RFAs and current contracts and the cap and all that sort of thing. If you're looking at it right now, you're seeing a very, very specific window this season perhaps close. I don't think you're going to risk going into next year and be and say like, listen, we're just gonna we're gonna bring uh, some of our top players here, and they're gonna be rentals heading into next year, and then we're just gonna lose them to UFA and not get anything for them, right? Or perhaps trade them at the deadline for less than what you would get during the off season. Um, so if you look at it, you're seeing this this window right now perhaps start to close, and seeing this year is the year the Jets have to go for it. I 100% believe with this with this group they got to run at it. They got to make a big they got to make a big splash here at the deadline. They got to go for it big time. Um, but if the team handles the situation properly and the right pieces fall into place, this window doesn't need to close this year or next. 
And if the right things happen for them, this can be extended and the Winnipeg Jets can continue to be. You still have, if you can keep Connor Hellebuck around, and from all intents and purposes, what we've heard from him say is that as long as the Winnipeg Jets are going for it, I'm a part of this. I'm a part of this team. I think out of the guys that are get the big pieces that are going to go to UFA status, not this season but next, Connor Hellebuck, I think likely is the one that you can keep uh, more than the other ones from from everything kind of falling apart here. So if you can keep Connor Hellebuck and you can have Kyle Connor and you can have Josh Morrissey on this team and you can have you can bring in those pieces down the middle, maybe Cole Perfetti is going to be a guy that can be on that second line. It can be that guy that makes that push. Well, I think Perfetti's going to be a center. Yeah. And it, I think yes. there, as long as the Shifley and Dubois are here, they're going to have him on the wing. And the minute one of them isn't, he's going to go to the middle. Yeah. That's what he's drafted at. He's learning the game. I think he still has got some things to learn and beef up. But two years from now, I see Cole Perfetti as a center on this team and in the top six. But you cannot, you have to load up. What a tough job, though. Like, to try and load up now and know oh, that God. these pieces are leaving. And people will go, what about Vancouver? They know Vancouver did that to themselves. Yeah. Bo Horvat's leaving because you signed JT Miller. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a tough position to be in. I think you're going to add for this year regardless, whether the add this year is a couple picks for Jonathan Taves. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. But you have to also at the same time, if you're Shevel Day off, think big picture and go, what top six player, center or wing, can I bring in here and potentially re-sign? And if you could do that, mm-hmm. you also have to think about, okay, so now we have to trade Shifley and Dubois or Dubois for sure. Yeah. What can we get for them? So if you can bring in a Meyer or a Horvat or even a Tarasenko, get them to sign in the offseason a five or six year deal and then deal Dubois, you might be okay. Yeah, like Calgary did it. Now it's not working in Calgary and stuff, but at least they brought in the pieces that. Yeah, it's it's not like working it's not unfathomable. Unfam- yeah, it's like it's not working this year, but it could next year. Yeah, and I think they have like Sutter's got to. You know how I love Sutter. Yeah, I do. He's got to shut up, and he's not going to. No, he's not. Daryl Sutter's never going to change, and people need to stop asking him to. But to say that the players we lost are the only reason we scored is not going to go over well in your room, and that's why Daryl Sutter has a short shelf life. That's and why that's he why survives. He's yeah. got Huberto playing with Lucic because that's what Daryl Sutter does. That's, that's not working yeah. there. We but Calgary go. would be fine we, yeah. once they figure all this out. But We got to go. Uh, we'll be right back. At the other side of this, uh, the NHL commissioner, Gary Bettman, well, he said something. He doesn't believe... Any teams in his league do this. I'll tell you what it is after this. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Welcome back to the show. Final uh, quick little segment here on Jets at noon, just about a minute and a half. Uh, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman doesn't believe any teams in the league tank to better their odds in the draft. Is that true, Jim Toth? Well, what I think is that I don't think teams necessarily tank. There's no coaches in this league that are saying we're going to go out there and lose this game. There's no general managers conveying that information to their coaches to tell their players. But I think organizations prepare themselves to not be so good this year. I mean, isn't that the point of a rebuild? To to kind of stink it up and get high draft picks? That's the whole point. But if it's not guaranteed, like if you're you're tanking, to get a top five pick, fair enough. If you're tanking for Bedard, I wouldn't do that. I mean, ask Buffalo. They they were the closest thing in ask, any ask, sport ask I've Edmonton seen a tank. Before, ask Edmonton before they got they, McDavid. Buffalo literally called up AHL players and healthy scratched star players 
on the Buffalo team during that season to get the highest percentage chance to get McDavid, and they didn't. Yeah. And the guy they got, they traded. <laughs> so I wouldn't yeah. purposely tank ever. Not only that, that the, the word tank is just, if you do that in an organization, there are people in your front office selling tickets that want no part of this. I don't want to be in this organization. Yeah. And I'm not being, I'm not making fun of this. You think teams in the NBA tank? I think they do. I probably, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, that's a horrible thing to put into your culture. And Buffalo is a prime example. They did it, it for McDavid. They didn't it. get him. And yeah. then what, it, what, what did they do with Eichel when they got him because they tanked? You don't think that what's not talked about around Buffalo is how disappointed his rookie season was that they didn't get McDavid. That's the culture I'm talking about. Hey, I'm a dynamic superstar player. We're disappointed we didn't get the other guy. That's the culture you can't bring into your organization, which I think Buffalo did. Jim told to take you all the way until 3 o'clock. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Forte for producing the show. Great hey, job, I'm buddy. Hey, I'm Jack Eichel. You're not McDavid. Oh. Can mm. I still eat here? <laughs> Get out of here. I know the bars are open until 4 a.m. in Buffalo, but you are not welcome. Hey, my we first training go. camp. Why does my parking spot say McDavid? <laughs> <laughs> That's it for me. I'll be back. See you. See you. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.